Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. And the WRP is back. And back with a splash. Back with a big New Year's Eve. A firework, table display, whatever you will like. Bang. Because we've got uh, Sarah Hunter. MBE. In the house, alongside. How are you, Sunta? I'm all right, thanks, Johnny. Happy New Year to you, too. Um, very, very happy well. New Year to you. How was your festive period? How was Christmas? How was New Year? Um, Probably a little bit different to uh, what was planned. Um, I think, like a lot of other people, I managed to get COVID on Christmas Day of all days. Um, so I was in isolation for the whole festive period. So it was different, but... It was chilled out. Um, I still had a nice time. So were you were you by yourself isolating uh, and testing every 13 minutes? Uh, no. So my other half was with me as well. So at least we went at least we weren't on our own. Oh nice. That was yeah. probably quite nice then, wasn't it? The old uh, was it a candle lit Christmas turkey crown? Do you know what? We did actually have candles on the table and we did have turkey. So yeah predictable <laughs> so it was yeah. oh nice and did you because i've always imagined having christmas kind of by yourself did you not even get out of your pajamas or just slip a tracksuit on for the for the day no i did actually make us get dressed for christmas dinner so like we were pretty chill during the day and then i was like we actually need to like like make an effort for christmas dinner Ladies and gentlemen, those are the standards in which the red roses set themselves by those kind of standards we are dressing for supper who would have thought it? The uh, the northeast last dressing for supper was it uh, sort of I mean, dressing, ball it was, gowns, it was, black tie? No, it was um, <laughs> jeans and a nice top, <laughs> standard classic, token okay, effort. To <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Um, and then New Year, I, I presume you're still still isolating, were you? Yeah, yeah, still isolating. I couldn't I couldn't test my way out. I don't. Because um, my symptoms have started a little bit before I actually tested positive. Um, but, yeah, you know the new rule where, like, day six and seven, if you test negative, you can get out. I I literally couldn't get a negative lateral flow till my release date anyway. So. Right, okay. And, and were you, are you okay? I mean, you seem very well, very sprightly this morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. were, were you rough with it? You recovered well? Bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, a bit like a lot of people, just like a heavy cold, um, rough for a few days, lost my sense of smell and taste, um, and then rode it out and feeling so much better now. Thanks, Johnny. But I think also get, being able to get out and get back to training and stuff helps a lot with, with that rather than being stuck inside um, in a very small flat, not being able to do a lot. Yes, well, we're, we've been here before, haven't we? Um, for all of us. Tell me, did, I mean, obviously, you're in isolation. Obviously, full PPE for the for the big fella in the in the red and white costume uh, when he's going down all these chimneys. Did did he manage to to visit you? Um, may yes, he did actually. I got a few little bits, and then the main present was delivered later on after Christmas. What does the England captain ask for for Christmas? I got a coat, actually, Johnny. Got a coat? A coat, yeah. Oh, I thought you said a comb. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, really pushed the coat. pose out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a coat. 
Nice. Smart yeah. woolen type to go with the, the outfit for Christmas dinner? Yeah, no, it was one of these longish, you know, big, thick duvet type style coats. I get you. Nice. Keep you, keep you warm on a winter's day. Well, look, we've got a, a really good show ahead of us today. We're, we're going to just have a, a little look back at uh, the last week or so uh, over the festive period. We've had a, a bit of time off, but we deserve that as we're crashing towards our 100th episode. So, yeah, we're going to have a look back at the last a couple of weeks uh, and all the, the relevant news going around uh, at the moment with uh, with Sunta here. And then we're just going to look ahead to 2022 as well. And, of course, Nani Butelezi from South Africa. Now, that's a very different Christmas. That's a very different Christmas. I don't, I, I curse social media at these times when in Australia that they're on a, you know, I've got friends in Australia and their, their posts are, you know, huge shrimps on a barbie. Uh, on a beach, you know, and crisp sunset or Sauvignon Blanc on the beach. It's uh, what a shame. Um, but no, it's uh, Nandi will bring us all the international or domestic news a little bit later on. But uh, so to, let's get stuck into the last couple of weeks. Uh, probably appropriate place to to start. It's a it's a lovely time of the year isn't it with uh, people getting together and what have you and obviously in England still able to do that big game 13 we we've got to give plaudits to to Harlequins who I think for for most people have been pioneering and, and pushing pushing the envelope in terms of the women's club game um and they've you know they have their own big games at the stoop don't they with record crowds and um you know they played a couple of years ago didn't they Leinster and part of the the big game but this felt as though they were they were properly entrenched in it. They they played first, which I think is absolutely the way to 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 go. Uh, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, and it was a proper proper occasion. Um, broadcast very very well by by BT. All the all the bells and whistles, viewing figures peaking at so hundred thousand, which are you know, very very good figures for for a club game, uh, whether it be men or women. Uh, it was just a really really good occasion. Oh, it was brilliant. Um, I think the whole build up to it as well, like they were like you say, they they were very much part of the event. It wasn't it didn't feel like an add on. It felt like they announced a big game and it was both the men's and women's team playing. So it felt like a a dual event. Whereas sometimes in the past I think when when women have played, it's kind of like, Oh, we've got the men's game and then oh, by the way, you can watch the women as well if you want to um it like all their promotion everything they did around it 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 definitely felt like this big event that they were putting on together and it was showcasing two 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 of their teams um and then on the on the day like I was obviously watching it on my sofa from isolation and it was great like the build-up to it the fact like you say it was on BT like Rugby fans watch domestic rugby via BT because that's where where it is. So to actually turn on and and see that the women's domestic game was on there was was fantastic. And um, like you say, that the viewing figures were were great. It, ha- it helps that it had a, a great broadcaster or on as well, um, running the the comms with the uh, the duo act. Yes, Scarlett's good, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yes, so no, but it it does help when you've got when you've got two people who are who know the game inside out and uh, have in depth knowledge about the game and the and the players as well. Like that that comes across to 
to the fans watching and yeah like I think um I think they did it did it really well it looked like a great day to just be there in the stadium as a fan watching two games with the whole um was it Pete Tong playing like the light show everything about it just seemed like a <laughs> Johnny Hellas glow sticks out um oh. <laughs> it just seemed like a really good day to be like a part of and I think I obviously you, you hear and speak to the players that were involved and they absolutely loved it yeah I mean hugely special isn't it you know um it's the old adage I think it's a Kevin Costner film isn't it build it and they will come um about a, a baseball I can't remember field of dreams of course that's what it's called um good film actually you should watch it um but yeah, it just it it just it felt it felt proper. It felt like it was one club. Bosh, there we are. This is what we're doing. We're taking over Twickenham, uh, and this is what we're doing for the day. And um, it, it just felt, as you say, all part of it. Uh, it's a it's a really good family day, and it's become so. And, and again, credit to to Harlequins. It's it's not a, it's a not a long journey from home, is it? But um, you know, to have seventy or thousand there, and I, and I just wonder, you've done it a huge amount of times, but to run out at Twickenham, which, you know, for, for the majority of those, the girls out there, um, you know, would be their home, home national stadium. But to do that in club colours with the people you spend day in, day out with. And, you know, we've spoken about uh, you know, the unbelievable atmosphere around the, the Red Roses, uh, yeah, particularly at the moment. Um, but, but the girls you spend day in, day out with to, to do that at Twickenham must have been incredibly special. Oh, undoubtedly, and I think um, like not many people get to play there, like men or women, in their entire career. So, like you say, to be able to do that with people who like you, that you say you spend so much time with, you go to battle with, um, is is a really special thing. And I think you could see that from from what it meant to meant to the girls, both Harlequins and Wasps players. Um, on what how they spoke about it on social media and I think um yeah it, it is and some may may never play there again and that moment to treasure um I think is is really important and hopefully um it it will happen more more often and and more people um or female people will get the opportunity to to, to play on the hallow turf because it is a wonderful stadium to, to play in and a, a very special occasion when you get to do so yeah um yeah I, I can only imagine it's a it's a privilege just to to be there and and and, and add a, a small part to to the day but it yeah it, it felt incredibly pro- proper Craig Doyle was was is quite clearly very invested in the women's game um that was really good the first time I, I, I'd met him but to, yeah to have Maggie um Fonzie and Emily Scarrett involved um Jenny Drummond was doing the reporting as well someone I, I yeah, rate very highly um it, it just for me, and it's always been my thing, is you know having, having seen you, you guys from uh, a couple of decades ago, you're getting up at four in the morning to, to train and, and then do do what you do on the rugby field. Yeah, you, you deserve a huge amount, and actually, you know, being broadcast like that and that kind of stage, it just felt it really fitted. Um, yeah, the jigsaw piece wasn't a weird shape; it slotted straight into that day by Harlequins, and that has to be the future, doesn't it? I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of the the double headers because I think one of the biggest hurdles we have, and we'll just jump on our soapboxes early on in 2022, but yeah. Uh, oh, I, I don't like women's rugby. Well, how much have you seen? I oh, will have watched it. Right. Well, 
a that's you know negligent and and, and dumb. But actually, if, if you expose people to it, yeah, there's yeah, huge people have said to me after the the the, the big game. Yeah, I actually, really enjoyed the women's game. Actually, probably the more than the the the, the men's. Although first half from Queens Northampton was something else. Um, but yeah, just a little bit more time. Um, you know, kicking is not so much of a focus, and actually, it's a it's a really entertaining game. And I think you stick people on before beforehand, women's and the men's a double header. There's a massive issue of broadcasting to sort out, but we won't get into that now. But it's something that you guys at Loughborough Lightning have, have jumped on the uh, jumped on the bandwagon with uh, you know, you stood a partner pub club Northampton as well. Yeah, I, um, I think I think you're absolutely right. Just picking upon that is the fact that over my career, they're not like when we've played at Twickenham before on a, as part of the double header. Like the amount of people that have said like, oh, they they've stayed to on afterwards for whatever reasons like some people are interested some people it's circumstance that they've seen that anyway and they've gone we've never seen it but i'll we've loved it and we're gonna keep going and we're now invested and they've actually like con complete converts to the women's game so you, they just we just need an opportunity to to showcase the game itself and what it's about and like people will come and i think we've seen that over the last few years that and obviously the the double header at, at Twickenham showed that. And so for us um, this season with our new partnership with with Northampton, it it's brilliant that we've got an opportunity to to have a double header with them. And um, Mark Darbin, their CEO, he's been brilliant. Like right from the beginning, like he he wanted to give us that platform and to showcase who we are and how we fit in with the partnership and uh, he's a, a massive supporter of, of the women's like game of trying to drive out for, for that Northamptonshire area. And he, he's like fully involved with everything that is going on and happening within the partnership, which I think is so significant that like you've got the man in charge of the whole club that has, is investing time into to the women's game. And I, I know when we found out that we were going to have a, a double header, with with Northampton, like the girls were buzzing about it, and they were probably because they had seen the impact and how great the yeah. the Harlequins one from the from Christmas was. So so yeah, it's it's like to play in. I mean, we we got to play at Franklin's Gardens with um, England in the autumn, and it was it's an incredible pitch. You know, it was a great stadium, a great and to to be able to play in environments like that for your club is like that's that's surely the aim and the drive for for this league is to put ourselves on stages like that um so yeah no we're we're certainly looking forward to to it and it's not too far away now it's not 19th of february for the details yeah at, uh, at the gardens at franklin's gardens as you say it's a great stadium very knowledgeable crowd um love their their ruggers um we won't say it's lack of anything else to do in the area uh, outside of making shoes or testing lifts, but um, no, the very knowledgeable crowd. And yeah, as you say, it was a, it was a great occasion when you played there in, in the autumn. It has to be the way. And I, I was, I was really enthused. It's brilliant to hear uh, about Mark uh, Darbin uh, being fully invested. But yeah, because how many times have Bristol played at Ashton Gate, for example, how many times have Gloucester Hartbury played at, um, at, at King's home? You know, and then these are you know established clubs with with that link already. 
Um, it was, I, I just thought it was really, really good to, you know, to, to see in such an early partnership that, that, that carrying on. I would just say, you know, we've got to be careful with, not just to follow the, the men's premiership, you know, path and, and the way that they do things. You know, got to do things that, the women's way. What what slight differences in, in in terms of putting the lead together and getting it out there? Do do you see need, needs to happen? What moving forward? Yeah, I think I mean, double headers have have to be a a focus, don't they? Yeah, I, I do think you like to say I, it'll be really interesting to see what the new like version of Premier Fifteens what will it be 3.0 2.0 whatever it is um in um a year's time or so but there are so many clubs that have uh linked with with their men's team is i think like how can the men's team help like the, those women's sides you look at the in terms of football and how um women's football has risen and how being linked to their their men's club has helped drive that. And yes, I I fully agree that the women's game is different and needs to be done in its own right. But there is definitely things that can be done um, by the the men's partner club to to support the women's game and and to drive it forward. And like I say, to to, to try and put it at front and centre of of people's attentions to show like this is the women's game. This is how great it is. Um, let's let's get behind it. Let's come and watch um, whatever that might be. To try and just keep moving the the women's game game forward. And for me, the, the double header thing is probably the easiest thing. Like pitches nowadays are so well looked after, so well protected that actually, like then. It, it should it should be doable, um, and you've seen the clubs that are doing it, and will probably go on to do it um, in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it's 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 not rocket science. Um, clubs have to do it, um, otherwise, uh, you know, you're not going to survive beyond the next decade or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly certainly the the, the way to to go forward. As I say, the the the, the broadcast issue is. So that needs to needs to be sorted out, um, and there's lots of people trying to get it sorted out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, no movement on it on it as yet. But let's look back at um, some of the Prem Fifteen games over the Christmas period. A few to catch up on from Round Nine. DMP Durham Sharks uh, unable to score uh, against Exeter Chiefs, eighty-eight points. Um, Sometimes we think there's a little bit of improvement for the MP, and then we get another scoreline like that. Um, it's a it's a shame, isn't it? it it's tough for them. Like um, there's some good young players up there, um, but I think quite a lot of their experienced players or international players have have gone and. That makes it even then tougher for them. Uh, there's no doubt that they work hard, and um, it's just. I mean, we found at the beginning of the season, you know, when you when you've lost games and you continue to lose games, it's a it's a difficult place. Like we fortunately had the experience of people around, and we we managed to get ourselves out of that. Whereas week on week, when 
like scorelines are, are like coming at you hard. It, it's really difficult. Obviously, um, Tam's gone back to try and help, um, like sort things out and to give them a bit of experience and direction, um, which says a lot about her as a person and what that club means to her to to, to go and do that. Um, but you know, it's it, it it's going to be a difficult season for them. I, I think in terms of the end, I can't see um, drastic um, things turning around be, before then. So, I mean, you'd you'd like to think as as we come into the second half of the season that that maybe like you will see improvements and they will pick up because of the lessons they've learned or the experience those inexperienced players have have now got. But um, yeah, it's a a pretty tough season for that as well. Yeah, and then you come to the back end of season after this. Yeah, you know, we're looking at you know, um, you know, Bath is sniffing around, aren't they? London Irish formed a team with some pretty pretty decent coaches, um, guerrilla type coaches. Um, <laughs> Graham Smith, he, he knows what I mean. Um, he won't be offended by that. Newcastle, which obviously geography wise would 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 suit, wouldn't it? Um, I know that's uh, RFU, the powers of B, always very very keen to to keep the geography going. Um, but yeah, uh, all the better to, to Tamara Taylor and DMP Durham Sharks. Love for Lightning, hell of a victory over the Bristol Bears, who were the yeah you know, the pace setters early on in this league. Um, a few little bumps in the road since then, but that's a seventeen fourteen. It's uh, not the biggest victory, but. Uh, a very, very pleasing from where they've come from and where you've come from early part of the season. Yeah, um, we. I, th- I don't know if you've seen the, um, the reaction after when the final whistle went, but you could, the, you could just see how much it meant to the to the whole group. You know, not even the 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 players that were on the pitch; those like players that either weren't weren't available, weren't selected, like. For whatever reason, like everyone was down watching the game, and you could see, like, just in terms of how we celebrated that that win, that that what it meant, and I think it it had come from, like, it hasn't been the, the easiest of seasons for for us this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually to to sort of like pick up a, a win like that, um, and I think in the the man, like you say, it wasn't the the highest scoring game, but we had to defend our line for probably. Of that game, like wave after wave of Bristol pressure, um, and I managed to keep them out to to win the the win the game. So, so yeah, and I, again we we were fourteen nil down after about fifteen minutes. So I just think everything about the game and the season, like just it just meant like a lot to to the group. But you know, like we can't be banging on about that game all season we now need to kick on and um and if we do want to try and get into the top four it's going to be um uh, a hell of a, a hell of a uh, finish for us if we're if we're going to achieve that ever the uh, professional speaking but I, I was just going to uh, point out that uh, on a wider perspective it puts you right back in the mix i'm just just got the table up here you're i mean we're still, uh, down 12 points in eight you're now 21 points Gloucester Hartbury is 6 on 24, Wasp on 26, Exeter 29. Then we do have a bit of a leap, 2,033 points, Quinn's 34 and Bristol 36. But it does put you right in the mix. But, um, yeah, a, a well-needed result. We won't uh, drill down on it anymore, but just a, a congratulations. Worcester Warriors 10, Gloucester Hartbury 36. 
Yeah, um, I, w- I watched this game and, um, like, I, um, Gloucester have been sort of there or thereabouts with a lot of their games. And I thought it was actually going to be closer from how Worcester performed in recent weeks before it. But actually, um, I know Worcester had a lot of changes on the day due to one thing or or another. So their, their squad was quite disrupted for that game. Um, but I think like Gloucester had were just too strong on, on the day for, for them, um, which I guess from Worcester's performances in the build-up to that, they might be a little bit disappointed by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how frustrating. So they can pull some unbelievable results out of the bag, possibly with 78 type minutes. And they just can't seem to get over their fire, that final hurdle. Is yeah, perhaps this season that they, they, they might be able to do that. The Saracens Sale game was postponed due to COVID cases in the Saracens squad, um, and we've spoken about the the big game. But just to uh, yeah, twenty nine five it was. Bertha's good, wasn't it? Wasn't she? Oh, she got the hands back out. Unbelievable! Some of her passes. That I mean, you t- you talk about people that finish it in terms of your Jess breaches or your Ellie Kilduns, but like if um, she doesn't make those like passes, like they're not getting those balls. Like it, honestly, like yeah, it was it was so good to see that her back um, doing that. Like that that's what she's world class at, and that's what she's known for. And like yeah, real good. Yeah, sh- I mean, don't tell her that we're blowing smoke uh, in, in, in her direction. Yeah, unavailable with her. All her various other bits and pieces going on. Um, so we'll just talk about her. But um, yeah, over nine thousand people there. Um, fair play. It was a was a was a brilliant brilliant day. Apparently, uh, yeah, it, it creates a new world record for women's club domestic game attendance. So well done all round. Moving on to this weekend round ten. We'll get some predictions from you uh, in just a second. Whilst Loughborough has been postponed, both teams reporting Kerry cases, uh, and Harlequins Worcester has been postponed as well. The uh, Disputes Committee will meet to decide further process for both these matches. Let's get on to the games that are actually going ahead. West Country Derby, Bears versus Glass Dartbury. No. It's going to, well, if their first game was anything to go by, it's going to be a tight one, isn't it? Very tight. Very tight. Is that um, Bristol as well, isn't it? Is that Bristol? 12.30. That's an early start not for Boston, but it's not far. <laughs> um, it's not that far, is it? Let's be honest. It's still, yeah, it's still an hour. Um, ah, I'm going to go uh, Gloucester. Away from home. Yeah, I just, I just think, um, I think they'll be more the fact that they owe them one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they narrowly lost out to them in like towards the end of the game. I think the group that they've got are quite motivated by things like that, of being like, oh, well, we narrowly lost last time. Like, we need to win this time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. It makes a, a, a huge amount of sense. Um, 
24 17 it was early yeah. in the season um i uh, just to be controversial because <laughs> it's in the nature um i'm going to go bristol at home so heard it here first um other games sale versus exeter uh, uh, I, I'm going to go Exeter. Are they at home, Sale? Sale at home. They're honestly they're, they're making like so many strides, and the, the players that have got in, I just think Exeter might just be a bit too strong for them. Although Exeter lost up there last year, didn't they? Is that right? I think they did. Oh, now you're testing my knowledge. I think they might have lost. They did. You're right. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think Exera um a little bit stronger this year with all the players that they've brought in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Exeter. I'm with you, Saracens DMP. Um, Saracens. Saracens, absolutely. Just what DMP want for the start of January 2020? Yeah, start the start the new year against the double champs. Um, absolutely. This is the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's move it slightly further on to Six Nations. Since we last spoke, uh, separate block again. And a super sort of Saturday type finals type day. All good news in the Hunter household, those those announcements? Yeah, I think um, it's a bit strange. I know last year was very different with the whole world that we were in, but like normally at Christmas, you get into the new year and you're like, oh, um, Six Nations is just about to start. And obviously a lot of the stuff about the men is, and you're like, oh, we've got a little bit longer to wait. But having said that, I think um, I think it's the right thing. I think it's, it's the right thing to see what um, in a normal, well, I'll say normal year, a more normal year than last year when we'll have fans and crowds um, be allowed what it's like with our own window. So I think it's the right thing to do. There was success last year. Hard to tell whether it was because there was nothing else going on in the world, well, the world of rugby, um, or whether it actually is the right place to put. And I think like just what we've done before, what we spoke about before about we don't have to do the same as what the men's game do. This is the right thing to to see if it works for us. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. And the Super Saturday, like, is exactly what like the final last year that we had, the build up to it and the interest it had because it all came down to that one game. Um, obviously results will have to go certain ways, but you know, having a Super Saturday with all the teams playing on the same day. And the competition will probably likely to come down to the results that happen that day um, is, yeah, I think a really good thing for the women's game. And fair play. Um, we're on a little media group, um, women's rugby, like to Sarah Orchard and Fee Thomas and, and people like that. And we, we uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, like Sally Donnelly and Nick Keith and whatever, and we, and we sort of share ideas and, and news and, whinge about people and clubs and all the rest of it behind sort of closed doors. And, you know, the, the Women's Six Nations sort of, as a whole, kind of gets a bit of ribbing. You know, we haven't got fixes and all the rest of it. But they don't have to make those decisions they made. They don't have to do a separate block. Um, probably would have been easier to not do that. 
and they don't have to sort of create it to, to Super Saturday. Uh, it's a fairly obvious decision, but they don't have to make it. Um, I don't know, actually, they, they'd probably get a bit of a, a bad press, but I know that they're certainly trying to push things. Um, and it's sort of resistance from, from other areas, so the, the men's side, that, that aren't allowing them to do exactly what they like. So no, a bit of credit to, to, to them, and it will be will be a, a brilliant occasion with, the, as you say, a brilliant Super Saturday. Did you see that news coming out of out of Wales with Garrett Lewis? The forwards yeah. coach of the Wales are leaving. Yeah, he's off to do something different. I, it's an interesting, um, interesting news because they were announced as the coaches to take them through to the World Cup. So yeah. to change that quite soon, I think is um, it's interesting. But a lot of things that are happening in Wales are uh, interesting. Um, that comes out. I don't know. I don't know another. Word to, to use. Um, it it's just, very it politically just, correct. You're fine. Emily yeah, I'm very, very just, happy with you. I think. I think as a player, you just want um, you just want stability, and I think um, this is another thing that um, makes the little bit uncertainty around who's going to coach you. Like, what's the coach going to be like? We're on a short time. Um, there's obviously changes of that coach coming in anyway so then it's like well what where just yeah I think players going into a World Cup year want that certainty of who's going to be so hopefully whoever comes in now that'll be it um, in the build-up to to the World Cup and and potentially beyond. Yeah and also the point of yeah and you know this as a a coach and as a player but it's relationships isn't it and it's that it's that it's that trust and you know, you have a, a new voice in, and you, you may buy in straight away. But there's quite often that, you know, little whispers and that kind of stuff that 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 goes on. And actually, Wales is in such a bad place. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, you know, it needed change, and change is happening, and it's, it's going to be a bedding down period. Absolutely, hundred percent. We 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 get that. But the, you know, there's a World Cup, and to to lose your fo- forwards coach, um, what nine months out from a from a World Cup, who's just been announced. You know, less than sort of two months ago, as the one of the guys leading with uh, you know Cunningham, all the way through to to, to the World Cup, it, it it is a little strange, and the, uh, yeah, the the timing is is bizarre. But look, um, we we wait and see as to to who goes in there. Uh, but yeah, strange strange news. Nice nice news for for a Welsh player, uh, and she is absolutely dynamite on a rugby field. Uh, Dad Joyce. Um, returning uh to to bristol um from her sevens exploits with with gb she's been absolutely outstanding in a gb shirt uh for the last 18 months or so special player we found out the hard way she's got two tries against us (laughs) like one point i was like anyone a tackler literally she's been around players for fun i was like genuinely someone just needs to stop her from running but she's like mighty mouse i mean her fend Uh, and her tackling for such a slight girl is yeah. is quite incredible. The 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 bravery and you know obvious sort of natural strength is uh, is is quite something. But um, yeah, it, it's it's good to see that her sort of future's kind of mapped out um, because yes, her falling away from from any sort of rugby would 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 be a real shame. But uh, she's back in the mix. Uh, England have announced their seven squad, but Nandy Butelazi. He's going to get us up to date with that. Here's Nadi Butulazi, all the way from South Africa, with the rest of the news. 
I'm Rocky Clark, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Thank you so much, Johnny. I must say it's great to be back for our first one for 2022. I hope everyone has had an incredible festive season. I mean, 2022 is such an exciting year in terms of our rugby calendar. And of course, the big one is the Rugby World Cup, which is taking place in a couple of months. But let's start off with our news this week. We do start off in Ireland. And Tanya Rossa has been appointed the new head coach for Leinster Women's Rugby. The New Zealand-born Irish international has won 58 caps for Ireland, including three World Cup appearances a 2015 Six Nations Grand Slam title and a Barbarians representation. Moving across to Colombia, Luxoria Suarez, who has been given a two-year ban after testing positive for a performance-enhancing drug after Colombia's 16-15 win against Kenya in the World Qualifier in August. The results of the match, however, will still remain. Moving over to Sud America Rugby, they've announced that Paraguay will form a Women's 15 international team in 2022. And Spain have also announced two warm-up internationals before they defend their European Championship title in February. And we can look forward to some action between Italy and Spain on the 6th of February. And Spain A will then take on Colombia on the 10th of February 2022. The England 7 squad has been announced and Alan Norman Ball will be featuring in, the, in that squad. As well as Abby Brown, Abby Burton, Grace Crompton, Megan Jones, Alicia Maud, Jodie Onsley, Celia Kwanzaa. Emma Urin and Amy Wilson-Hard. And staying in England, this weekend is round 10 of the Premier 15s. Bristol Bears will take on Clister Harbury and Sale Sharks will take on Exeter Chiefs or Saracens will take on DMP Sharks. The Wasps versus Loughborough Town has been postponed after both teams reported a positive COVID cases in their squads as well as round 10 between Harlequins and Worcester after Worcester has also reported positive COVID cases. The disputes committee will meet to decide further processes for both these matches and of course we will give you that update. And moving over to the English Championship, these are some of the results before Christmas and in the Championship South all matches in round 10 were postponed due to COVID concerns and over in the North all matches were also postponed except for the Loughborough Town versus Sefton game which ended in a thrashing for Sefton with Loughborough Town getting a massive 61-0 against Sefton in that clash. Moving over to this weekend in round 11 in Championship North, Kenilworth will take on Cheltenham, while Barnsley will take on Furwood Waterloo, Novocastrias will host Loughborough Town, with Sefton hosting Litchfield, and West Park Leeds will then take on Harrogate. And in the Championship South, Buckingham Swans will take on Henley, Old Albanians will take on Blackheath, and Reading Abbey will take on Thurrock, Richmond FC will host Hove, and lastly, Supermarine will host Bath. There's no league news to report from Ireland this week. And round 10 of the Energia or Ireland League returns on Saturday, the 15th of January 2022. Similarly, the playoffs of the Tenants Premiership in Scotland will also happen on the 15th of January 2022. The results from France before Christmas in round 7 of the Elite 1 and in Pool 1, ASM Rupinard versus Lens has been postponed. However, the Stade René versus Stade Francais game did take place and it was Stade Francais that stole the win in that clash winning 2019. FC Grenoble get a victory at home against AC Pabogny winning that clash 3-0 with Stade on 8-5. And moving over to Pool 2, AS Bayonnaise lost at home against Lille, losing that game 25-0 with Lyon getting a victory at home, winning that game 27-0 against Chile, Mazarin and Montpellier on a bye. 
Blackneck Rugby and Stad Borde have been arranged for the 5th of February 2022. Round 8 of Elite 1 commences on the 15th of January. Looking over to Spain before Christmas in Round 10 of the Liga Ibedora and Sankuga get a win at home against Grat Residencia, winning that game 28-22. Omahadonda also get a victory against Eba, winning that game 49-21. Cotiva Cocos bag a massive 24-7 against Complutense Cisneros, with Sanchez Krum versus Olimpico de Bezelo being postponed. The next round of Liga Ibedora does not commence until the 30th of January 2022, and as it stands, Mahatonda lead the table with six wins from nine games on 32 points, with US Sevilla close in second on 30 points, and also with six wins from nine. Now, Andy, thank you very much for all of that news. We'll be back next week, of course. We'll be in the first show of 2022, Sarah Hunter. Uh, got to ask you to, to look forward. We had a little look forward to, uh, at the Six Nations. But for you personally... What are we sitting on now? 130 caps? Yeah. There's a World Cup. There's a Six Nations. What are your... You've obviously had quite a lot of time to think and reflect on the Christmas period being in isolation. Have you given yourself um, you know, a few targets to, to hit this year personally with the team, club, country? Um, I think uh, for for club, it's just about trying to be like the best best player you can be um, to help the team, um, and like I think just to see where where we we get to to keep trying to drive those standards and just try and drive people's um, like belief that actually the top four is still possible. Um, and just to take each game as, as it comes towards it. I know that's so cliche, but like that's all I think you can do as a as a club player. Um, just looking that then... one up, I think it's page thirty seven of the media handbook. That one. <laughs> yeah. She's good, ladies and gents, isn't she? Boys <laughs> and girls, that is straight out of the media handbook. They are the media. But I think it, like it's. I think that like as a sort of a senior player amongst a quite a a young squad, it, that's yeah. what it is, and like. I'm really enjoying my club rugby at the minute and I just I just want to keep enjoying it. Like, I want to keep turning up and it's almost... Not that... I mean, everything's always about performance and high pressure, but there's probably slightly less pressure on them when you when you put on an England shirt. So I think that's that's kind of, like, why... Like, I just want to go go and enjoy that side of, side of it and playing... Playing for Loughborough, um, we've got a great bunch of girls there, um, so that that's a focus. Um, and yeah, to, to still get into that that top four if we can, and then obviously um, for England, um, it's we've obviously got a Six Nations to go and win. It would be amazing to go in and to get that. I think it's going to be possibly the biggest Six Nations we've had in terms of um, like media interest, broadcast, like potentially fans coming to watch um home and home and away. Uh so I think that that for me like the Six Nations is a very special tournament. So like 
that that's the goal is to to go in to go and win that and then obviously that the big one at the end of the year is the world cup and that's the ultimate goal like is to is to to be in that squad that gets on the plane and 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 goes and goes and attempts to win in a to win a world cup like that that would be the the best 2022 is that we come home from New Zealand and we've got a trophy in our hands but there's a lot of rugby to be played between now and then and there's a lot of teams and players that are going to be trying to stop us so you know it's um it's pretty exciting year uh, ahead for 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 women's rugby and uh, for me personally to to try and be involved in as much as possible again very straight back Right back of the bowler. I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit further because that's uh, that that's me, and I know people out there want to hear as well. Look, you, as you say, 130 caps. I, we were just talking before we came on that um, your red rose, your red rose number is 137, and there's the nice symmetry of of that. But that means you're you're equal with Rocky, um, and she's 137 as well. Um, Alan Wynne Jones or Alan from Wales. Hundred forty nine. I mean, these are all these are all targets. But you are you are you are you putting pressure on yourself to 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 get that extra motivation to do that? Look, they're, they're swapping and changing it in the autumn around around your position. Um, is that something that massively drives you, or is it you know I'm going to be the best version of myself? And if Sam Middleton wants to pick me, um, whether it's a player, captain, or, or both, then that's what he'll do. It, it's it's controlling the controllables. Yeah, like absolutely. I know, like getting like and playing for your country, like is so special. And I, I think um, last year when I had all my like troubles with with my my neural like neck thing, like and questions about whether it's going to get back and stuff. I think like that puts a lot in perspective around um, like when you get to play for for your country and. Uh, or just to play rugby in general so uh, maybe a younger self would have been driven by trying to to get to a certain number and I've never had a certain number in my head whatsoever but the only only thing I was driven by was I didn't want to be a one cap wonder so that was the only I had like have I got to do that was great Sarah have one cap Sarah you've got 129 to go with that first cap so I think you're doing okay Um, so that was the only like thing I was driven by I was like I just don't want to be this person that gets one cap so so that that was kind of gone after that like numbers don't don't drive me like what drives me to keep going is like to to be the best player I can be and what drives me this year is to get to that World Cup and to get to that World Cup final. And I think I said to you before, like, if I get one cap between now and then and I get to a World Cup final, like, like that, that's that that's how it's been laid out. And um, I can only do what I can do by being the player that I am because that's what's got me to playing for my country 130 t- 30 times, like, I'm I'm not gonna gonna change that. Like I'll keep striving to be better um player and improve. Um and I'll be ultra competitive to, to play in games. I know I'm not gonna play in every game, like uh, like that that's probably just not gonna happen. Um like in terms of where I am at my in my career and like 
probably managing me through to get to a World Cup. Like, and that's something I've probably had to come to terms with is that I'm not 10 years younger where I could probably play every minute of every game and like that's all right um so like so it's about probably like what games that I do need to play and play well in and but in that time I still have to be performing well and I've never been a player that wants to get picked because I'm captain like I want to be picked because like I deserve to be playing in that shirt because I'm adding value to to the team so and ultimately that's not my decision that comes down to to um to mids and to deeks to to decide what squad's going to be the best team to to face the opposition that we're doing and I think we're very fortunate at the minute as we've got such strength and depth within yeah. the team and like a different selection will be used for like different opposition that we're playing because they offer a different style of playing and again I think as I've got older I've like you have more understanding of that often when they come and tell you you're not playing and it's to do with rotation like and it's like ah like you want to be playing like there's no doubt like you want to play every game and but like you understand where that fits in with the bigger picture and things and I think obviously as an older player and more mature being around the block a few times like you do as much as it's frustrating you do start to understand that um so yeah like that's that's my goal like um, is World Cup final, um, and hopefully be be winning a trophy. And yeah, whatever number comes alongside that, and when I go, my time's up. However many caps I've had, like it's been the best. Like and having one more is probably not going to make a difference to to that in the long run. Well, I think it'd be utter madness in England management if they threw away 130 caps worth of it experience uh and i know just how unbelievably valid you are with management and players so um yeah hopefully see you in new zealand um but from a team perspective with the autumn you just had um quite clearly a, a decent run on france as well who would be stiff competition in that bracket of, of contenders you beat them the last 47 times in a row no six or seven isn't it now uh, i think um it's yours to lose isn't it Okay. Yeah. Nah, I I think like nah, you you get try to get me a bite there, like not at all. <laughs> See what you've done there, Johnny. Um, Do you know get, straight face as well, really straight face. Yeah, get the straight face. Really straight face. Nah, you know as much as anyone. You get to a World Cup and all bets are off. Like like form, like past results don't really mean much. Um, like it's what happens when you're there. So. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. One of my favourite bits of uh, ever watching rugby, I wasn't wasn't commentating, but was watching uh, Nick Briggs making that break uh, and and Alice Miller um, down that left-hand side at uh, Marcosi. Unbelievable World Cup moment that was um, for Ireland to to beat New Zealand. Um, But there you are. There's the goal. World Cup final with a trophy, you know. Some people have just said, read, read a couple more books. Um, but no. <laughs> we have the uh, the big hitters on here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that want to win World Cups with trophies. So there you are. There's the resolutions from Sarah. I may have taken a few words out of context there, but uh, <laughs> not to worry. Um, and the final qualification tournament, we may as well update you with that as we're talking World Cups, uh, will take place 
the 19th and 24th, sorry, between the 19th and 24th of February, uh, over in Dubai, the Seven Stadium. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Everyone can be come together. COVID rules are are pretty decent there. You're just not allowed to dance on the dance floor. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. I'm not You're sure not that I have so it's probably all well, right. So, so the guys told me when we were over there for the sevens. I mean, I didn't find out personally, but uh, the guys told me. Um, yes, that's that's bad in a, in a COVID world. Other than that, yeah, it seems like a, a really good idea, doesn't it? Scotland, Samoa, uh, Colombia, and the winner of Hong Kong against Kazakhstan will be battling it out between the 19th and 24th of February over in Dubai. But that's uh, about it for this week, the 1st of 2022. One little shout-out, though. Simi Pam has won Bristol 24-7 Sportswoman of the Year in 2021. Some character, isn't she, Simi? Yeah, like, she's just been a, a great ambassador for, for the game and, like, off the pitch as well as, as on it. Like, you no, know, um, she's a bit struggling from or rehabbing a bit of an injury at the minute, but I'm sure she'll be back doing what she's done, like, for the last season, like, running into things, running round things, and doing things that props shouldn't be doing in terms of screaming down wings. But, you know, like, the role that she's played off it in terms of being a, a, a rugby player whilst being a, a doctor and all the... what she stands for and... Um, and then going and playing for the Barbars as well. That's pretty, pretty incredible year that she's she's had. So yeah, fully well deserved that that award. Yeah, no, she's a good girl. And yeah, as you say, she 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 does lots. Not in a particularly, uh, yeah, if I may say, just a, in in a really wholesome, genuine way. Um, I always go about it in a slightly different way, but yeah, she's just done from a. A really, really good place and a, and a wholesome, wholesome way from uh, from some some grounded roots. So, no, well done to Simmy. As I say, we'll be back next week. Uh, I think Birth's going to be on next week, hopefully. Um, but uh, enjoy your weekend off. Get the coat out because I know what it's like with you, but it's absolutely Baltic here. It, it's very cold here, and I'm going up north, so it's probably likely to be even colder. So, I'm off yeah. to see the family finally. Oh, the big freaks. I mean, they'll be frozen anyway. They'll be like the, sort of the <laughs> yeah, north side of uh, Game of Thrones. Um, well, look, go and enjoy that. Thank you so much. Uh, always an absolute treat and pleasure to, to speak to you, Santa. Um, so proud you're part of the WRP. And uh, yes, love the New Year's resolutions. And we will see you very, very soon. Yep, see you soon, Tony. Take care, everybody. See you next week. All the best. Love hugs.